0: Hey church, today I'm in Seneca at one of our good friends, Greg Orham at Foothills Community Church and he serves on our board, outside board of overseers. He serves our church and we love him so much. And so I'm there this morning, but my heart is here with you and I just want to address why. First of all, the three different major things um, in Louisiana, in Minnesota, and then in Dallas that happened this week were just devastating and um, it affected us as a family. Uh, We've talked about it late at night and it just broke our hearts. And then today you're gonna hear some news through the grapevine about a local church and a situation that has taken place and this is what came to my mind as Leah and I were talking. Um, This is a time where many people are gonna celebrate because they say I told you so and many people are gonna mourn because they care for a church and a person. This is a time no matter where you stand, no matter what color you are, male or female, rich or poor, that unity is so necessary. Because here's the deal, and this is what you and I have talked about so much, is darkness, evil, is winning. It appears that it is winning because, you know, maybe more than I've ever seen before, we're finding out what the true identity of the heart really is and what we try to mask and cover up, and what we try to overcome through different things. And Pastor Jordan is about to come up here and preach an amazing message. I cannot wait for him to share it, but, but here's the whole truth, evil is appearing to win, and the church must unify, come together, and be as one. Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it, is what Jesus was referring to and said but today we get to decide are we going to be full of rumors and hate and gossip about people that don't look like us, sound like us, act like us, or vote like us, or are we going to be against injustice on every side of the aisle, Republican or Democrat, no matter where you come from and be for each other. That is what we as the church must be. And Leah and I want you to know as a family, we love you, we're for you, we don't care where you come from, how you vote, or how much money you have. We love you. And we together need to come together and see God do a great work in this house so that we can reach the world with his gospel of the kingdom. We love you. And today, I am so pumped up about what Jordan's gonna bring to you today. And I want you to stand to your feet right now and welcome Jordan as he brings you an amazing word on Jesus and the I am that is the light of the world. Come on everybody, stand to your feet right now. And let's get ready for an awesome word. Hey,
1: I can't say enough about those two people. If you know them like I know them, they're two of the best people in this world. Pastor Mark, I know you're going to watch this online later. We love you. We're thankful for you. You have one of the purest hearts, Leah. The way that you lead our kids' ministry and lead our church is incredible. And I'm thankful that I'm here today to share with you guys. Hey, Pastor Mark has informed me that this is the coldest coolest place on the stage, but if any of you have ever been in this building, you know it's already cold in here, so you don't need to stand in the coldest spot on the stage. I'm happy to be a little warm today. So, if you're here for the first time, we're so thankful you're here. If, if you're watching online, we're thankful you're watching online. I know there's a few on there now, and we're thankful for you. As Pastor Mark said, we're a church that accepts all people in all walks of life. We're all on a journey. I believe that microphone messing up wasn't on accident. I think that the microphone messing up caused what happened up here when Shannon spoke out what God had for her. Sometimes there's some areas of discomfort we have to go to. God has to put us through in order to allow us to release what he has in us. So that moment of discomfort when her microphone was messing up led her up here to where she released what God had to speak out of her. And I think that's. That's incredible. And, and when we were at our student camp last week, we, we said this one quote, and, and we always kept saying, We're, we're going to go off the schedule. The Holy Spirit's moving here, or we have to say this or do this. But I was just reminded, Are we willing to be late for what we're doing to be on time for something God's doing? Because if we're not willing to be late to get to the store or be late to get to our meeting, we'll always be late. For the things that God wants to do throughout the journey on the way there. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to jump into this verse really quick. John eight 12. We're in the I Am series, as you know. It's been, have you guys enjoyed the I Am series so far? Y'all got to stay with me this morning. I was raised Pentecostal, so somebody's got to talk to me in this place. <laughs> Come on. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Are we in a time where we need a little bit of light? This message, I want to tell you right now, and I want you to remember this. This message was written a month ago and shared at a student camp two weeks ago. And this message could not be more relevant today. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, I know it's about to get interesting every time you see that. So the Pharisees, something's about to happen. You're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true for I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. But you do not know where I came from, for, from or where I am going. We're going to stop right here for a second. The Pharisees judge Jesus without knowing where he came from or where he is going. How often do we judge people without knowing where they came from or where they are going? I know I'm so guilty of that. But I, I look in the mirror and I go, man, I, I know where I came from. And I know where I'm going. And I know that I'm not perfect. So I definitely can't judge anybody else with that same belief. What's the next verse? You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. I think that's a very interesting statement right there. Because I'm not really sure that anybody else on this planet today can say those those words. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. See, there's some some of those things in our life. I don't even plan on saying this. That when we try and do them by ourselves we're wrong. But when you start to say this statement, but I and the Father, when you start to say that, the way you do things begins to change. Let's run to the next verse. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I'm the one who bears witness about myself and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. We're going to talk about bearing witness to God reflecting God's image in just a minute. Next verse. They said to him therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would also know my father. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for each and every person in this room. God, we know that they're here on purpose, not by accident. We know that every person that is sitting in these chairs, that's watching online, that's going to watch this message two months from now, they're hearing this word, not from my mouth, but from your mouth in a timely matter. God, we know that in, in the state of this country, God, we need nothing more. Than more of your light. Teach us to see it, God. In your name I pray. Amen. The titles of today's message is No Filter. We live in a world today where anybody can be famous to 500 people. Anybody can have Instagram followers or Facebook friends, and we can be famous to our 1,200 friends, and we can post things, and they can follow us. And if we post a picture on Instagram, my young people know what I'm talking about. And it doesn't get like five likes in the first minute. Then we have to delete it because it didn't get enough likes. And it's probably not the right kind of picture to show to our followers. But the problem is, is that when we only begin to, I'm using social media as an analogy here. But the problem is, is that when we only start to post things that our followers want to see, do we even know what we like or do we just do what they like? Church has turned into Instagram a little bit. Show your best, hide the rest. Show the best part of you, show your vacation, show your steak dinner. I love all those things. <laughs> but don't show the real part of you. Don't show that selfie when you woke up in the morning. Mm, y'all don't want to see that of me, I promise. But the reality is that filters, you know what a filter is? It covers an image and makes it look different. Filters build up walls. So filters puts wa- put walls around you, but authenticity Builds a gate. What kind of church do we want to be? We can put up the filters, we can put up the walls and be something perfect. Or we can be authentic and we can build a gate for people to come in. What kind of lives do we want to live? Do we want to build up walls around ourselves? Build our kingdom, do what we can do? I found myself there many times. Or do we want to be authentic and let people in? Don't put that next thing on the screen yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this is a bit strange that I wrote this a month ago. Go ahead and go to that, Josh. Jesus wants all of you. Jesus wants every part of you. Jesus wants your heart. Jesus wants your, your soul. Jesus wants your life, but he's never going to take it from you. He's never going to say, you will serve me. It's your choice. But reality is the world needs all of you. The world needs every part of you. The world needs that part of you that you don't want anybody else to see that that was your past, but you don't really want to bring it into your future. It was your struggle, so you don't want to bring it into the light. But the world needs that. I think the the world is really tired of seeing superficial things. We see enough ads. We see enough commercials. We see enough polished, perfect cars that when we see something real, it almost like stops us in our tracks, right? Or when we see an ad that's not pitch perfect, maybe it's from a local business or something, we're like, whoa, that person looks like a real person, you know? And the other thing I thought of is what the real world needs most is the real you. I know that's what the world needs from me. Today, part of why Pastor Mark asked me to share was to share a part of my testimony. And I'm going to do that right now, but... But I found myself in high school in a place where I wasn't willing to give the world either one of these. I struggled with anxiety for a short amount of time. I went through some things in my life that that made me think, oh, well, what's going to happen to me next, God? You've put me through enough, right? Have we ever been there before, anybody? Come on. Now you're talking to me. I like that. But we find ourselves in a place of anxiety, and, and I found myself one night I was... I was laying in my bed. I don't even know if my mom knows this story, but it's the one defining moment of my life. I was laying in my bed, and I, and I woke up at like 2 or 3 in the morning, I was breathing deep, and I, couldn't, I could hardly even function, and I just felt darkness all around me. And I'd gotten to a place where I was so anxious about what was next in my life that I woke up, and I, I, I literally felt like I could not breathe. It's the only time this has ever happened in my life. And I, I randomly opened a verse randomly opened my Bible, and it was Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, my refuge and my strength, my God in whom I trust. And in that moment, I just felt peace come over my life. And there's still those parts of me, as we all have, That we're afraid to let people into. And we're not supposed to let everybody into the deepest, most personal parts of our life. But I do believe we're supposed to let somebody. Because when we hide in darkness, the only thing that can change the darkness is when light comes to overcome it. And Jesus overcomes darkness. You know, we've all tried to be something we're not. Am I right? This might surprise you, but... At one point in my life, I was a basketball player. Brian, stop laughing. Why are you laughing so much right now? He saw it. So it was real. It did happen. But we all try to be something we're not, and it was the region championships, and I'm sitting on the bench, which is where most of my time was spent. (laughs) And I'm sitting there, and my coach was a very, very tall man. He played college basketball, and He walked past region championships. He said, Jordan, you're going in. I was like, what? Looked at the scoreboard. Of course, we're up 20, like 25 at this time. So it's really all on the line here. So I stand up. I go to run onto the court. I run to center court. I pull off my warm-up. You know, you put a warm-up over your jersey. I threw it off to the side. And the crowd goes. They didn't go wild. They were laughing their heads off. They were just screaming in laughter. The other team was probably laughing the most because they were losing by 25 points, but everybody was laughing, and everybody was laughing but me (laughs) because I didn't know what was going on, and my coach called me over, and he looked down at me and said, Jordan, your jersey's on backwards, and at that moment, I'm standing at center court, (laughs) and my jersey's on backwards, and I'm like, oh my God. I realized that in that moment, I was like on cloud nine. I was like Steph Curry with the three. I was running off the bench. I'm about to take over this game. We're already, losing, or already winning by 25. And in that moment, I was trying to be something I was not. And I ran onto the court, and my jersey was on backwards. The team, the next day, all had their practice jerseys on backwards for the entire practice, and it became the only proof that I actually ever played basketball. Thanks for, thankful for that story. Thankful for it. Thankful to share it with you today. Hey, so we're, the reason I shared that story is I, I truly believe we as Christians are all searching for the spotlight. A lot of us are, not all of us, but all of us are searching for the spotlight. But But the, the moment that we realize that Jesus is often in those shadows, in those dark places, in those riots, in those... Moments where it looks like there's no light. Maybe we're looking for Jesus in the light, but he's really in the shadows. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So in this world today, I somehow have a problem. It takes a special person to sing and make a joyful noise when they have no joy, right? We've all been there. It takes a special person to say, I have hope, when deep down they have no hope. And today, there's some people that are like, it's a little bit dark out here, Jesus. I turned on the news and it looks a little crazy. There's some riots going on. There's some stuff going on. I'm looking for you, Jesus. He's there. He just may not be looking and doing what we think he should be doing and what we think he should look like. I think we often miss those people that resemble Jesus. I want to throw this next statement up here, see what you think. All right, I'm going to say it, and I want you to fill in the blank. All right? The devil wants to steal your? I tricked you. I love tricking people. That is true. But today we're going to talk about the fact that the devil wants to steal your light. I am the light of the world. You know, when you're in darkness, Jesus, I mean, the devil doesn't want you to have joy, but he also doesn't want you to have light. The devil wants to steal your light. Y'all been through some things this week, I know. I got some things stolen from me this week, some expensive things, and I have no doubt that it was the devil wanted to steal my light. A lot of problems I caused myself, obviously, but Also, I think the devil really wants to steal our light, and he wants to take that light from our life so that we can't give it to others, right? Let's read this verse really quick. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and give it light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let's go back to that last verse, verse 15, or 14, excuse me. You are the light of the world. Does anybody believe that they're the light of the world today? Does anybody believe that they have enough light inside them to change the world? If your light comes from Jesus, you have enough light in you to change the world. And if we as individuals start believing in that, then maybe... We as a community can change the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Is this what we want our church to be? Pastor Mark, I promise you he wants our church to be this. We're not going to be the only city set on a hill. We're going to be a city set on a hill. Go ahead and skip on to the next slide and the next one. There's something I want to talk to you about. That's a bit strange. And if you don't know a lot about photography, you're probably gonna think I'm crazy for like five minutes, but just stay with me. It's a really good example. Pastor Mark said so, so it's good, I promise. So as a photographer, if I I enjoy photography, some of you do too as well, I know. When you take an image, there's two types of images. There's a raw image. And there's like a JPEG. Everybody's seen a JPEG.jpg? It's just more of a digital file. But the raw image is what I want to focus on today. The raw image is the cleanest, purest picture that you can take. And the reason that we shoot in the raw is so that when you go to edit later, that you can go in and adjust those little things that need to be changed. In the raw, you can look to the left, you can make it brighter, you can... Make it more colorful. Let's show that first image real quick. This is an image that a friend of mine took. Does everyone know what kind of car that is? It's a Mustang. Got any Ford lovers in the house? Wow. Chevy, what's up? I would say at this point, I would give this image maybe like a 5 out of 10. It's a little dark. It's struggling a little bit. It's a good image. It's a pretty car. Let's go to the next image. This is the same image. Go back and then come back to this one so we can see it again. Okay, cool. That image was shot in the raw, which means the editor could go in and brighten all this up, make this a beautiful sky. And you're asking me, why do I, why do I you can leave this image up here, but why do I show you a car of a Mustang at church on a Sunday morning is to show you that when we're in the raw as Christians, when we're willing to let people into our life and show them the real unfiltered parts of us, Jesus can make us into this, even though we looked like that, right? And I would much rather be the best version of what Jesus wants me to be than an okay version of what I want to be. I don't know where that came from. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What's the next slide? Yeah, this is awesome. So here is an actual diagram of a camera. Kind of somewhat resembles a camera in some way. Right here is a mirror. When light comes into the camera, y'all didn't know y'all were getting a full lesson today. This is great. Y'all are going to go buy a camera after church. Light comes into the camera, reflects off the mirror, and then goes to the viewfinder. The person viewing through the camera can never see what's actually on the outside of the camera if it doesn't reflect off of that mirror. So how does this relate to us as Christians? It relates to us as Christians because if Jesus' light never truly comes into us and reflects off of us, then the world can never see what he wants them to see. So when the light comes in and reflects... We can choose to change it a little bit and change the narrative and change the story, but to me the gospel will always be good news, that Jesus will always be a Savior who came filled with grace and love and mercy, and although God does judge us, He doesn't choose to judge us where we are. He chooses to help us get to where we're going. And that's the kind of church we want to be. I don't want to be a church that looks the same and acts the same and everybody does the same thing. I want to be a church of every different color, every different nationality, every different walk of life, every different struggle. That's what I want to be, and I would not be here if we were not a church of that. You can roll to the next slide. So what does no filter really mean? What does it really mean to take down those filters and those walls around us No filter really means to be normal. And I looked at my insecurities and my struggles in life, and I said, God, if you want me to do these great things, then why do I feel so normal? And in that moment, you can choose to trust him, to follow him, or you can choose to put up those filters and those walls and try and be something you're not. And that's where I found myself. I was trying to be something I was not because I thought that normal wasn't good enough. Because the world may see you as a great Christian, a great parent, a great doctor, a great school teacher, but you see yourself as normal. And at the end of the day, God can only do in us what we believe about ourselves through Him. So if no filter is normal... I have to come to the point in which I say I am perfectly okay with being a normal person that God uses in a great way. And you might want to write that down. I am perfectly okay with being a normal person that God uses in a great way. Because if it requires anything more than normal, I'm out. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. But here's the reality. We are limitless as a church. We are limitless as people, right? And when we are limitless, what can limit us? I truly believe we are limited to the amount that we are willing to be real with people. We are limited to the amount that we're willing to be real with people. I don't want to see another fake person. I don't want And here's the thing. Fake to me is not you have struggles. Fake to me is you're trying to be something that you're not. If you have struggles, if you have problems, if you have issues in your life, just be open. And yeah, everybody may not accept you, but I promise you that this place will accept you. And I just thought about all that was going on this week and all that God is somehow doing through all that's been going on. He's doing something. And I'm like, Jesus, what are we supposed to do? And I love that song that says, what do we do? What do we do? All these things are going wrong. We have homeless people everywhere. We have all these issues going on. And he said, I created you. It's a great song. It's not really a good quote of the song, but it's a great song. And I I tried to picture and put together, because up until this point, that entire message was written out a month ago. But this one quote I wrote yesterday about this current moment, and it says this it's time for the people that love jesus to be like jesus and if i will have ever perfected that i will write a book and sell it to a lot of people because i will never perfect that but it's time for the people to that love jesus to try and be like him and it it doesn't make it any easier the fact that jesus was perfect and we're not it's a hard comparison to see but In that moment that we say, okay, I'm willing to reflect that image off of you, Jesus. There's an organization in Spartanburg and a group of people who just did this project where they gave out disposable cameras to homeless people, to people with no home. And they said, document your life. We want the world to see what you're going through. And when you get a disposable camera, you obviously are not shooting in the raw, but it's it's the old version of the raw, I guess. And they shot these pictures, and I just clicked through them, and it I mean, the breath was just taken out of me. Because they were just real. They were raw. When we begin to be real and raw and truthful with the world, then... People will begin to stop and look. And I really seriously believe that in this next season of our church, people are going to begin to turn the corner. They're going to begin to to stop off the side of the road. They're going to begin to click onto their Facebook and online. And they're going to begin to try and position themselves to get a better view at what God's doing in this church. They're going to say, I don't know what's going on at four points, but it's something crazy and i got to get close enough to see what's going on. Because people like this don't just gather and just do mediocre, thi- mediocre, mediocre things. People like this gather and do incredible things for Jesus. And I know with the leader like we have, and a staff like we have, and volunteer teams like we have, we're not here to do anything average. But in order to be extraordinary, in order to be totally different, and in order to make people stop in their tracks and say, whoa, What's going on? We've got to be real. We've got to be raw. We've got to allow. See, being raw is not easy. Being the raw image of Christ is not easy. Standing there and saying, Jesus, here I am. I'm letting down my walls. Now you come in and work with the raw image. That's not easy. I've not fully perfected that. It's tough to be in the real moment with real things. And in this next moment, we're going to sing one of my favorite songs. I always say when the song's played, I just want to like lay in the floor. I just want to lay down and just take a nap because it's so peaceful. It's, it's an incredible song. We're going to lift the name of Jesus high. We're not going to have an altar call today. If you want to come down here and pray and get your life right with Jesus, we welcome you to come down here. But I just want us to go out and go after Jesus with all out surrender, with all that we have. And realize that the bigger picture is not, let's not make filters on our Instagram photos, because I'm going to do that. The bigger picture is, begin to let people into your life, into the dark places, so that Jesus can make them light. We don't have to trust them, we have to trust Him. God, I thank you. If you guys would just stand with me, I thank you for this incredible service today, God. You've spoken what I believe is a timely word and what exactly you wanted to say, God. Right in this moment, God, we surrender our hearts to you. We let down our walls. We let down our filters, God. We stand before you as the raw image of Christ and we say, Jesus, would you change in us what only you can change? Jesus' name we pray, amen.